Hello. Hello. <laughs> I love how there's just no like you when you're talking when I talk to Todd, <laughs> I just um I don't talk to Todd. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Like I, there's no Todd doesn't actually exist. He doesn't. He's actually just an alter ego of me. <laughs> I know. It's so fucked up. I don't know. I'm thinking back. Like I don't know if I've ever actually seen him in person. Probably not. Sometimes he does wear my clothes. Oh, there you are. I'm here, live, live and in charge. Oh, well, not so, not so much in charge. What's, what's crackly? Oh, that's a, that's quite a nice rug you have hanging on the wall behind you. It's pretty fucking ill, hey. Yeah, it probably has bed bugs in it, but. Was so, made in in India, I believe. Yeah, it would be. So. We're going to get you on a podcast, and the, I, the idea behind the podcast is it's just a conversation. There's nothing fancy about it. Uh, it's loosey-goosey, just like Todd, a little bit like me. And uh, they, I mean, it's a podcast based out of rollerblading, but mm -hmm. it, they don't talk about rollerblading. They talk about all sorts of hippy-dippy bullshit. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's nothing you have to be scared about. Okay. So that and, uh, where can I hear them? Like where where are they online? Well, see, I'm not even gonna tell you because then you're gonna have this preconceived notion of what it's supposed to be, and I really feel that a podcast with you will much improve the the podcast. I'm searching them right now. How to be unpopular by Todd McMacken. Well, the the problem with that is you're not gonna have time to do your research before the podcast because the podcast has already started. It's, I'm going to do the research then as we speak. Okay, because we're already live and recording. No, you're not. We are. So I'm going to hand okay. it over to my alter ego, Todd, because I have nothing to do with this bullshit. Okay. I don't know if so there's no video oh, yeah. then. I can close this bitch down. Yeah, you can close the video, dude. Unless you want to see him. No, I started it. No, you didn't. You fucking lying dogfish. <laughs> Chris. Chris. What, what is going on? What the fuck is up, me. Chris Mewhart? <laughs> How you doing? I'm awesome. I'm better now. I, absolutely. I, I think I'm always better after talking to you for a little bit. Exactly. Uh, That's why I've been so excited to do a podcast with you. I think I need to in introduce who you are first, from my perspective. I don't um, even know who the fuck I am. Yeah, go I don't ahead. know. You go ahead and start. I'll tell you, I'll I'll tell you who you wrong. are. Okay, you can tell me where I'm wrong. This is how... How I see Chris Muhort. Chris Muhort is a guy that I used to work with. Oh shit! I'm getting, I'm getting. Uh, I'm. You're getting. Uh, uh, what's the word? Loop back. Hold on. I'm plugging you the fuck in. All right. Hello. Hello. Can you okay. hear me? Okay. Okay. That's good. Okay. Sorry about that. I, you know, this is like I said. This was kind of sprung on me. Not like a penis, but more like. A podcast. Go ahead. The be yeah. So Chris Muhort is a guy that I used to work with. I spent a lot of time with you at a lame co company. Um, but to, we're not going to name names, though, are no, we? No, we're not going to name names. But you were like... you were. Or fuck you, Steve Koop. Yeah, anyway. fuck, fuck you, Steve Koop. Anyway, you quickly became like... Like, I really, uh, I really gelled with you, and I really... I really related to a lot of things that you said like I could I could feel your your passion for life and your you had kind of this like 
this uh, this ambition about you and this like confidence and this humor and this this uh, this perspective on life that I could really relate to. And you quickly found out that I was a rollerblader. Yes, sir. And I knew that you were like an OG in the graffiti scene. Um, and you, you were just kind of an OG in general. Definite G. Definite G. And definitely original. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm original and I'm gangster, but, but not necessarily always put together. I like it. I can dig this yeah. so far. I, uh, for some reason, like you were just like a big kid. Like you're an adult, you are you're really smart and stuff, but you're also just a big kid. Yo, I and and I mean, okay, first of all, I just wanna say that's gotta be the nicest way to introduce me. I, I would say ninety percent of the people in my life would would just go ahead and say, you know, this is essentially the, the biggest fucking asshole that I've ever met and <laughs> and quite possibly has I mean, a tiny graph, if any, on on reality whatsoever. You know, like I'm I'm borderline. I mean, I'll go so far as to say I make up, I make up half my friends. They don't exist. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and, and but but uh, absolutely, I, I the the big kid thing. I can I can agree with to the fullest extent. I mean, that was that was. Uh, yeah, we. I mean, I mean, we don't need to get into uh, personals, but let's just say our hacky tax, our, our hacky tax scene. What I meant to say was our hacky sack team, but you know, I, I switched it up like that. Borderline dyslexic, like I just said. Yeah. Wait, did I say that? Anyway, um, was uh, was on point. I mean, I, those were good times. Like working with you was really fucking awesome. The five hundred one crew, what? The five, like five hundred one crew was. I mean, can we go into can we go into details like this? Whatever like how, you want. Yeah. Leg, legit is this? Okay, well, Todd and I have smoked a lot of angel dust between us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the five hundred one club was uh, was a. I mean, as as most people know, nine to five is is the uh, is you know your 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 normal working hours in in uh, Canada and where we're from Zimbabwe. <laughs> so the. 501 Club was essentially when we would get the fuck out of Dodge. I'm telling you, this this company, I mean, I'm not going to smear it, but it was a straight-up sweatshop, so fuck, yeah. you, fuck you, Steve Coombe. Anyway, yeah. um, it was a sweatshop, and uh, and we would get out, get off at 5, and five, by 5.30 we'd be in the elevator on our way down, and I'd say by 5.01 we would have a doobie in mouth, a spark, and, yeah. and, and I mean, by 5.02 it was... Mostly gone. Yeah. We would Snoop Dogg the bitch. Yeah, fucking jokes. Fucking the day was just a, a distant memory. A what distant had, memory. What had gone on it. between nine and five was just a fucking joke. By five oh one, five oh two, it was just it was a it was ridiculed and it was just it was just non-existent. Absolutely. It never happened. It was hilarious. I mean, and and there was there was lots of like. Like, we came up, there was, I mean, there was just some, there was a binary system for women. Yeah. There was a, uh... It was simple. It was a one or a zero. A one or a well, zero. Well, it know, evolved like, into these, that, into a more simple All these guys are fucking around with, like, 
10-base systems. Oh, she's a 10. She's a 9. Shut up, bitch. Is she a 1 or a 0? That's yeah. what I want to know. Exactly. It's, it's, that's, that's all I care about. Would you or wouldn't you? That's all, that's all you need to know. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, I, mean, I mean, beyond that, like, we happened, we happened upon probably the, the best sandwich shop in, in, I would say, at least Western Canada, if not the entire uh, solar system. Yeah. Best deal. It was like, what, five bucks for a, for a, <coughs> a sandwich larger than a foot long from Subway. Absolutely, there's 200 grams of meat. He weighed it out for you. You were able to choose two different kinds of cheese, two different kinds of meat. Yeah, and he and when he was done, when he was done, he would wrap it up and throw it to you like a football. Dude, like it was legit, or like a rugby almost. Yeah, like if it's a football, you'd be you'd be sitting, you know, ten yards. Sorry, there's probably Americans that. uh, Listen to this, you know, you'd be sitting fucking 30 feet away, and he'd just fucking bomb it on some Brett Favre shit. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't even help but catch it. Like, the way he threw it, you didn't even know how to catch. You wouldn't have no. to know how to catch. It would just land in your arms. I mean, you wouldn't even have to be looking yeah. half the time. Not a single it, sandwich was dropped. It would just, it would land in your hands, and half the time we'd hail Mary it just on the ground, fucking dance around like idiots, yeah. have to order another one. And then lick it off the ground. And it would still be cheaper, even if you ordered two and 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 gave one to a homeless person. It's still cheaper it than Subway. Still cheaper than Subway. That's what's <laughs> fucked up. Dude, where are you? Yo, I live in uh, I live in the uh, the snow snow capped streets of Montreal. Shit, you're in Montreal. I fucking skipped out. I skipped out on on the BC scene. I mean, wow. Um, but I'll be honest. It was uh, it was mostly about the uh, the housing market. Yeah. I mean. It, you're paying like, for the for those that don't know, you're paying fucking probably twenty twenty thousand dollars per square foot for for, for fucking rentals in, in Canada or in Vancouver. So yeah, I came expensive. over here is it a, to pick, pick up a little Quebecois. Nice. As we say. So is, is rent is cheaper in Montreal? Yeah, much cheaper. I'd, I'd say half, if not a third, of the price. Wow, half, cheap. if not a third. I mean, there's the, the the possibilities are endless over here. You you can buy beer in fucking corner stores, which again, for American listeners, may not be a big deal. But if you're from fucking BC, where there's two stores and one closes at six o'clock, that's the fucking government-owned liquor store. Yeah. And then after that, you're going to a beer and wine, and everything's twice as much. Coming here, where you can just hit a fucking gas station and pick up an OE. Wow. How much you is it? How much is an OE in Montreal? Fuck, I haven't even found them. They're, they're too classy out here. Really? I need to find a hood yeah. and, pi- and pick up some, you know, some fucking dirty, dirty, uh, dirty bottles and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be able to tell you. But, I mean, I think my, uh, I think I'm looking at a six pack for fucking eight bucks, nine bucks, something like that. Damn. And I mean, I'm not drinking, I'm not drinking Pabst. I'm drinking fucking champagne. That's, wow. that's a six pack of champagne. Crystal or something like that, you know. So how long have you been out there? Two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, fresh, <laughs> fresh in. I'm, eh? I'm a fresh fish out here. I don't fucking speak a word of French. I'm just walking around ordering shit I don't want. Like, every night I have fucking twenty-eight poutines. <laughs> it's is it, brutal. Is it like uh, is it overwhelming being in a new city? Or are you a little bit stressed out, like trying to find your footing, or what? I mean, I mean, like fuck. I would go. I'd go so far as to say traveling is 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 my second home. You know, I uh, yeah. I've been a I've been around the block a few times, 
not with ladies as much, but uh, but you know, with with traveling, I guess I I've, I survived. Yeah. So no, it's it, I mean, it's a little flighty. I don't really. I, I'm kind of I'm wisping around. I don't really know what uh, which way's up yet. But um, you know, I I I, I hop. I've, I've caught a couple buses around. Got got to see the graph scene a little bit. I mean, that's my main my main goal. Whenever I hit a a, a city, I want to check out the graph. And, yeah. See what see what's popping. The ladies so, are off the <laughs> That's what I've heard. The ladies are off the charts. <sighs> well when you say like scoping out the, the graph scene, do you just mean like walking around the city and scoping it out or do you mean like connecting with some, some heads or Yeah, yeah, I definitely I definitely meet up with a, with a few graph kids. Um there's a uh there's some there's some cool cool cats out here. Uh, but uh, I haven't met up. Like I said, I've only been here a couple weeks, so I don't know that many people. You can hear me yawning and shit. Like fuck, I haven't slept in days. That's probably that angel dust. Yeah. Um, uh, but mostly, mostly, I'm just talking about yeah, walking through alleyways, kind of. You know, you, you kind of you find the hoods. Shoutouts to Point Saint Charles. Say say what's up to the the, the true ghettos, Canadian yeah. ghettos. Um, and then uh, and then yeah, just kind of seeing seeing who's writing what and and. Uh, what the, what the politics are and stuff like cool. that. Because you obviously know about like some a lot of the main writers in Montreal. Yeah, there's a there's a couple there's a couple real real big names that, that have come out of Montreal. You know, guys like Bacon One. Yeah. Shout out to Bacon One. I don't know, but um, and, you know, people like that. Uh, I don't I don't want to get I don't want to I don't want to get into details. That you know, the A Shop crew um, that, that Bacon's part of HSA. There's um, I think uh, I mean the, I guess the other thing is we're in a we're in an age where people are traveling a lot, so it's hard to even know who's specific to to Montreal. I, I know some of the bigger names here, um, and then I know a couple you know a couple smaller crews of guys that I've met up with VC crew and shit. Yeah, but, that's cool. It's it's a really interesting culture. Like I'm really interested in the in the graffiti uh, culture. Um, it seems like a really obviously it's a kind of a solo activity, but but are you still inclined to like go out and meet meet with other people and kind of connect? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's friendly graph artists and there's, there's dickhead graph artists. So you yeah. uh, so you know you you you're meeting up with everyone. Of course, you're going to run into problems. It's a it's a you know I always call it a a counterculture as opposed to a subculture because. It kind of runs in the face, or uh, you know, against the grain of of, uh, of mainstream society, and, and in that sense, it, um, you you get a lot of assholes, <laughs> you know, yeah. flat out. There, there's a lot of fucking dings. Yeah, like um, a, elitism kind of comes out of that, of totally. being like a total counterculture. Like people get really like elitist, and and yeah, I can I can definitely understand that. So for the most part, I, I try and. I try and uh, I stick to myself. I mean, obviously, you run into other people, and there are some some cool people that are that are friendly. Um, there's a you know the the art collective en masse out here. They're they're a graffiti uh, a street art based crowd, anyways, and and, and those guys are have been reaching out, and they're nice guys. But uh, nice. But a lot of it's yeah, a lot of it's pretty. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of it's pretty. It's 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 a it's a counterculture, so it's yeah. pretty greasy. There's some there's some 
unsavory characters, should I say? I mean, is that oh, totally. that's not too coarse, is it? Yeah, no, no, no. There's always some dirtbags. In in every culture, there's fucking dirtbags. Especially, it, especially are there in these. Dirtbags in. Uh, I'm not gonna make, make you name names, but are there dirtbags in the uh, oh, in the roadblading? Oh yeah, there's rats. There's lots of just dirty skate rats that smell like shit. But yeah, totally. any any like any quote unquote counterculture or subculture, there's gonna be people who they're just there because they don't fucking belong in in culture or they don't belong anywhere else. Exactly. But uh it's it's awesome just to be just to have that that connection to like kind of a street level connection a lot of people they'll go to a new city and how do they how are they gonna meet people like they're gonna go on dating sites or they're gonna like just hang out with people from their work or something it's really awesome to be able to connect with like some real street heads you know absolutely absolutely and 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 like you said i mean i i think that's a a big part of it i think that uh i think that uh Oh shit! We got the big silence. You're, are, are we going to be editing this, or are you going to no. edit this, or how does this work? No, we just we just put it out raw. We usually oh. do about two hours, and it's it's oh. it's cool. Like you you can be comfortable with the silence. Okay, cool. All right, I'm just going to let it roll for a few minutes then. Yeah, give her. No, no, I'm just playing. I'm, I'm saying, yeah. When when you get out here, uh, obviously, I don't have you know, you don't land with your, you don't hit the ground running. You know, you don't. I'm not grounded or or have a, a crew out here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, you meet up with people and after, after a little while you, you kind of, I guess the fact that, yeah, I'm into graffiti, there's people that they don't need to know much about me as, as long as they, as long as they know, you know, yeah, this, this, this guy's into graffiti, he's passionate about it and, uh, and that's enough of a connection to, to at least start out, start a friendship and, yeah. and I think that's, that's the hard part, you can't go on dating sites to find men who are friends. Yeah. Although I do. Yeah. Shoutouts to Plenty of Fish. Yeah, mad shoutouts. Yeah. But like, I saw you, you were tweeting from, where were you, South America... And you were like hanging out with different people. It seemed like you, a lot of those people that you were hanging out with, you had met through the graffiti scene. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we kind of communicate. We're 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 a, a pretty pretty basic bunch, you know. We upload our, our pictures to Flickr, um, and on there, you know, you, you add other people as as contacts and. Yeah, and you know, so I'll be I'll be driving around on a bus or riding around, or, and uh, and I'll look up and see, you know, this this guy zombie, the kid zombie down in Colombia, and so I just basically went on Flickr, searched him out, found him, sent him a message in my fucking broken ass Spanish, and said, you know, I, I'd love to I'd love to meet up, and sure enough, he meets up and he's a he's a cool dude. So yeah, when I was down there, that that was my uh, that was how I made friends as I as I traveled around. I I, only, I didn't. That many places. I was in Argentina and then, and then Colombia. But but both, in both instances, I met uh, people off Flickr. Yeah. So do you do you do, um, do you do art as well? Like just in your like on canvases or on paper, or do you strictly just do uh, graffiti? Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I do I do stuff on on canvases as well. I do canvases and indoor work and uh, 
you know, I try and get into to 3D stuff. Like, I mean, I, I'm unreal at crafting uh, plasticine dildos. It's like, <laughs> it's a hidden talent of mine. Um, oh, you should send me one of those. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying half this time. Anyway, yeah, I, I, uh, I like to I like to paint on canvases, and, and uh, not necessarily canvases, but, uh, you know, just bits of plywood, picking up wood off the off the street or little bits of bits of glass or whatever I, whatever I can get on. I'm an art rat. Cool. What about you? Do you do you any art? Yeah, I do. I draw quite a bit. Uh-huh. To uh, yeah. to um, to, I draw so much that my wife complains about the amount of time I spend drawing. That's some fucked up shit. Now, where <laughs> where would uh, the listeners be able to to see some of your uh, drawings? Um, some of it's up on Facebook. Um, on Twitter, I'm always posting little shit. There's seeingscribbles.com. Yeah. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't know how I feel about my art in the way that like, in the way that I wouldn't, I don't, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I do it for the sake of doing it really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, uh, I'm sitting over here nodding profusely. I, I totally get that. Um, I, uh. I think as as artists, you always kind of have that have that like place. You know, when I'm painting, uh, especially painting outside, um, I'll you know I'll get about an hour or two into my work, and then I just hit a wall, and it's this mental block. And I swear, I'm, swear in my life, this happens every single time I go painting, <laughs> where I'll hit this wall and I'll look at my piece and just think, this is the biggest piece of shit you have ever done like it is unsalvageable you know you fucked it up so bad that there is no chance that you will come out of this looking good and then you know i look at my paint and i'm you know and i, I kind of freak out and i just I'll, I'll say that's i'm gonna save my paint i'm just gonna leave it like this and everyone's going what no 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 you have to finish and i'll no i'm not finishing it's it's garbage you know look at these lines it's fucking terrible i'm, I'm out and and then they'll, you know, somehow someone will convince me and con- convince me to get back into it. And about, you know, two hours later, I'll be thinking, "Oh, damn, this is probably my flyest shit yet." You know. <laughs> and I think that uh, I think that art's kind of like that. When you say, "I don't know how I feel about my art," I think that that's like your classic artist conundrum, where you where you just you never like your own shit. But but here's here's a piece that you know I'll come back to that with. The, I mean, this is paradoxical shit right now but uh, I'm going to come back to that with something that you told me once and it has inspired me uh, uh, since then you sent, sent out a tweet and it said if you have a piece of I think it was just content I don't even know if it was art but it rel- relates to art for me and so that's why it's resonated if you have a piece of art that isn't available public to the world you're doing the world a disservice do you yep. remember saying something like that? I remember that, yep. And, and I just, I mean, that resonated with me so deep. And, uh, I mean, not as deep as, like I said, these plastic dildos, but deep enough to, you know, spark a little life in, in that ass, if you know what I mean. Awesome. That's something, um, that's, well, something that I believe really strongly in is that that we we don't actually know like, like, I don't, I don't think that we're authorities, especially when it comes to our own shit. Like, 
I can un I, I know that feeling of just hating what you do. Yeah. But I, but I think that it's like, it's like it does not, we're not the authority. Exactly. And you we're in a fucked do, up pers it's perspective, not you know. About you. Yeah, it's and But it is. It is, but it's like you don't know whether it's good or not because your mind is all fucked up with with oh, I did this and you're never going to see it the way other people are going to see it. You have uh -huh. you have a distorted view on it. So like so I've done shit that I think is, you know, mediocre or not very good and then I get a response, a, like a really positive response from that. Yeah. You just you never know. Like you never know how people are going to react to things and even even if something is technically not as good, it may have something in it that that people are going to respond to in its imperfection, in its like vulnerability and like not being as good. Absolutely. Just, yeah, I just feel like we don't actually know what um, what especially when it comes to the stuff that we are making. Yeah, I can't I couldn't agree with you with you more. Um, and I think that that's partially because I mean, we're you're painting it, we're painting it from this this uh, our own perspective. It's not objective at all. It's totally subjective. Yeah. And I have this theory that all pieces of art are a self-portrait of some sort. Even if you think you're drawing someone else, you're not. You're drawing what you think they look like. But it's like, right. but it's your impression. So, you're. It's like I don't know. Um, but I guess the the point is when you hate said piece of art, you're hating something that's personal that other people can't necessarily pick up on. Yeah. You know, you're not hating. You're not hating, you know, the, this the sadness or, or whatever that you're you're trying to convey, and other people may feel that sadness and think, "Yo, that touches me." But at the same time, you you might be hating like how greasy the hair looks in, in the yeah. person's you know face and, and or on the person's head when other people don't even pay attention to how the lights banging off her her bangs. Yeah, or maybe maybe it's something that you're. You're uncomfortable that you're revealing in, in what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh man, I can't show this part of myself in this. You're uncomfortable with that, but that's what other people are going to really love. Yeah. And I think that that's part of the reason why I got into graffiti as opposed to, you know, just straight up painting art. Uh, you know, you don't, I don't ever have to, as much as people will hate, you know, tags and stuff. I don't ever have to deal with those repercussions, so to speak, you know, like, when I paint something, even if I put a bunch of hours in, once I'm gone, I'm gone, you know, no one's buying that piece of art, I don't have to sit around at an art show and have people ooh and ah, and be like, ah, I don't like how reserved he is in this, in this letter, or, you know, in, or, oh, I can really see that he's going through personal, this looks like a breakup piece, you know, and yeah. m meanwhile, I'm, I'm sitting there peeing my pants because I'm, I'm missing my uh, my ex-girlfriend. Just kidding. I, I couldn't give a fuck about a bitch. I, I've never missed a girl. But anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway, we won't go there. Um, and I, I think that that's one thing where it's like, for you, you have a name attached to that. You know, like, people go to seeing scribbles and they know that is the artwork of King Todd. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, you inspired me with that tweet. You inspired me to go out and I wanted to create a site that was kind of like seeing scribbles. It was just kind of 
my sketchbook, you know, I, I, yeah. I tear through pages in a sketchbook like you don't even know, you know, I do probably seven sketchbooks a year. Damn. And, uh, see, people, I would love to see all that shit, you know? And I mean, most of it's just scribbling. It's like angry sk- <laughs> scribbling. Yeah, but man, that would just be so fascinating to me. And so I, I registered a domain. I registered a, a, a web domain so that I could push it up, but I haven't got around to actually putting it, like doing anything with it. Yeah. So I'm going to shout it out right now, but there's nothing there. You know, it's, it, my, uh, my domain is poorlittlepencil.com. Nice. And, uh, and uh, it was, like I said, that's, that's in total response to, uh, to my, angry, uh, my angry scribbles. But like I said, haven't got around to anything, so I guess I'm doing the world a disservice. Yes, you obviously are. Obviously, it didn't resonate that much, you asshole. Yeah. A grave disservice. I, um, dude, so, dude, so I wish you were here in person. I know, man. <laughs> I know. I'm just thinking about how much cooler this would be if we were sitting beside each other. I mean, probably with our, our patented 30, 30 beer uh, tower. <laughs> I'm, oh, man, when we hung out uh, at your place that one night and you were fucking cranking uh, Killing in the Name of by Rage Against the Machine <laughs> and, and we, we smoked way too much. Way too much. I wasn't, I'm not, it was funny because you were like packing the bong and you were talking about how like people don't know how to hit bongs. Yeah. And, and then I was that person, like I didn't realize how hard I was hitting it because I'm used to smoking like a little pipe and I was hitting that shit like way too hard and like I was, it was hard for me to deal with reality that night. Was that, now, was that the night after the Second Twisted video conference or whatever? No, that was a different night. Um, what, what were, were we just hanging out? Were we drunk? No, I don't think so. I think we, we just hung out after work, and I think uh, we didn't want to drink. Yeah, I think it was because we wanted to stay sober on weed. Yes, something, I don't know. But, I do um, remember some pounding, killing in the name of, at like, because <laughs> I had that insane speaker, I mean, I still do, but, but uh, it's, it's all packed up right now. Um, I had that insane stereo system that I just loved pounding, and, yeah. and uh, that was one of my favorite songs, just uh, the bump, 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 and then it goes silent, killing in the name of... <laughs> And that so base is, is just, it, it lives within me. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, I, I, I do love that song, but I hadn't heard it for so long. And, and you, that whole like hangout and listening to that, it gave me a new appreciation for that song. And I must have listened to that song like at least once a day, every day, after, like for months after that. Like I, had to listen to <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that, Almost every time we hang out after, like, in, in terms of an after-work session, I think every single time we are under the influence of some sort of drug. Often, yes. Often, anyways, yeah. It was like, I think we're both on the, on the level where you just, we both really just want to have a good time. And Absolutely. not 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 that you need to throw in some substances to have a good time, but it does elevate everything. Like, if, if yeah. me and you have a couple beers, maybe we smoke a little bit, like, it, we just know that, that, that it's going to be amplified, and we're going to have such a good fucking time, so why not? 
Why not? Fuck! We're, this is a couple beers between a couple boys. Yeah. What the? F we're we're here for a limited time. We're gonna die. This is temporary. We're gonna let's have fun. Lots of it. And and it's, I don't know. With you, I feel like it's like it's not just fun. It there it's constructive. Like we're not we're not going out and we're not just like putting a fucking needle in our arm and lying in an alley. We're not, no, not no. we're not drinking and watching the Kardashians. We're not like Hey, we're... don't slam that. <laughs> Fuck okay. the Kardashians. But we're Fuck not but what I'm saying is like like Shadows to Kim Kardashian's yeah. body though. Yeah, that ass is legit. Legit. Ass so big you can see it from the front. That's but... what's the most that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, I see it as being constructive. I see it as being positive. It's, you know, it's not destruction. We're, like, when our heads bang against each other's, like, we're both benefiting from, from that. Yeah, it, it's I totally all good, agree with that. You know? Like I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, like, we come from different places, but we're on very similar wavelengths. Exactly. We, you we, have a lot to teach me. We surf the same, uh, the same waves. Yeah. Now, um, now what are you doing? Like, what, how, uh, like, are you, are you still skating hard? How often are you skating? Um, well, it's winter right now. It's really, it's really shitty. It's cold and snowy, so not at all. But, yeah, there's uh, not many under, there's, there's not much undercover skating in, in, uh, in the greater Vancouver area, is there? No, there's a little bit, but right now, pretty much anything's out of the question. But uh, as soon as it's decent, I'll be skating at least a couple times a week. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still like, obsessed with it. It's pretty fucked up. I was talking to Joey today, and, like, I'm, I'm 29, and not that that's old, but I guess, like, when you're 18, and you think about what it will, will be like to be 29, yeah. you're like, man, I won't, I won't be skating when I'm 29, like, there's no way, like, it's, you're so old, you're just gonna be dead on the inside <laughs> but yeah, I'm totally. just I'm just so I'm obsessed with it I fucking love to do it you know and it's I totally yeah I get that so f I'm just gonna keep doing it because it makes me happy so I think that uh, you know it, that's that classic thing about life moving too quick and stuff you know you you're, you're sitting there as an 18-year-old talking about when you're 29, not thinking that it's going to be there in 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. And so I think I'm the same thing. You know, everyone, in terms of graffiti, people ask me about that all the time. Like, yo, when are you going to go around and stop, stop going around writing on stuff? <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's got to kick in one of these days. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm 13 years in the game or something now, and I don't know if it will. Yeah. There's, there's, it's like, it's more of an obsession or an addiction yeah. or a compulsion than it is about an art form. There's just something that you get from that that you don't get from anything else. That's it. Like, if, if, if there was something else out there that I got what I get out of rollerblading, I would be doing that as well, or I'd just be doing that. I haven't found... And there, you know, it can be, it can be anything for people. I think it's whatever you discover and then you get to a point where it becomes this thing that is like you've over the last 13 years of doing what you do, you've given yourself a gift. 
you've given yourself the gift of being capable of going out and doing what you do. That's not something that people can just go to fucking Walmart and buy. You can't buy those 13 years of experience. You can't buy the experience of going out and painting as Hort. Like, exactly. That's yours. You earned it. Um, and, and I get, I mean, that's probably, that ties into that 10,000 hours theory probably, eh? Yep. It's, it's similar. It's, you become, yeah, becoming a master is just giving yourself a gift of being able to do something in a way that people, other people just can't do it. And it's, it's amazing. It's just a, you know, it's life times a thousand. So I'm I'm just looking at now I'm, I'm totally changing up the subject here, but Good. but uh, this the whole the podcast thing is is new to me. Okay. So in terms of how to be unpopular, I look over this. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of Joey, there's a lot of uh, a lot of Riley. Yep. So f- a few. Uh, it looks like maybe a couple. Uh, well, there's a lot of people, anyways. I'm just wondering, are we going to be able to do more than one of these, or is this a, am I a Am I a disposable podcast? No, I I think we should do this frequently. Excellent, I would love to. If you're having as much fun as I am, dude, I I'm, I think that it's. I mean, this is kind of what we're talking about when when we're saying we connect and we're on on similar wavelengths. Here we are, like tying in that concept with the concept of the fact that we have content and we're making it available to everybody. Yep. I think yeah, you're you're de- you're one of those people that really inspired me to 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 push that. Like you're you're a web designer, you're a developer. You appreciate the power that we have in this day and age. I mean, this is this is we should be taking advantage of this. We should absolutely. Be... I, I I totally I totally agree with that. And I and I'm I want to just go ahead and say to all the listeners that you should also be starting podcasts. You should yep. be. You know, on on Twitter or create a Facebook page, whatever it is, what kind of whatever kind of art or sport that you're doing, you need to be hustling that. You know, it's yes. this is this is a, a, a great time in in the world where you can, you know, where when people said if you try hard, you can do whatever, what you know, do whatever it is you want to do. You don't even have to try that hard anymore. You know, <laughs> create that Facebook page and push and keep yep. pushing. And you'll get there. Anyway, exactly. sorry. And just that's my, uh, that's my uh, Tim Robbins rant. Tim, dude, thank you. I see. That's what we're talking about. These parallel wavelengths. That's exactly the name I was. I'm getting my fucking Tim motherfucking Robbins on. Call Fuck me yeah. Court Robbins. Fuck yeah. Like, uh, you gotta be positive. You gotta like. For for me, I hear the advice. You gotta surround yourself with positive people. Like you are the type of person that I want to surround myself with because you you fill me with that enthusiasm to keep on pushing and like you don't know anything about rollerblading it doesn't matter it's it's a it's a human Very little. it's a human kind of it's just it's just an emotion that you give me and and ho- hopefully it, like you could give it to anyone to push in their direction yeah people just got to push and 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 that's it. It's I mean it's a it's a it's that extra ten percent that other people aren't going, and I think that that's great. Yep. So you're <sighs> you're still you're still uh, you're working for a company in in Vancouver. 
Yeah, yeah. That's, my company's back in in BC. That's from, very uh, futuristic. From my hometown. Yeah. Um, seashell, seashell, what? Seashell, what up? Nice. Um, hey, my buddy, uh, my buddy's getting married in Seashell this this summer. Oh, word! I bet, I bet I know exactly. I bet I can tell you exactly where he's getting married. Is, is it going to be at the Rockwater Resort? Do you know? Yeah, I think so. No. No, wasn't it the Rockwater? No. Where I wanted us to go have some sex in a tent cabin on the rocks. Oh, me and Carly might go have sex at at Rockwater. Yo, I can tell you firsthand that sex at the Rockwater is hype. Awesome. <laughs> it's um, the first time. Excellent. So, so where's so Carly? What, what's up then? Where's where? There. The, where is it that their wedding's happening? The ceremony is somewhere in Half Moon Bay. I think it's like. At the rock water. No, it's... Is there some botanical garden? Okay, okay. And then... And then the reception... Oh, wait. The reception might be at the... The botanical garden of Seashelt or something. And then the Half Moon Bay ship... I think it's in, like, her parents' backyard or something. Hype. But it should be fun. That will be tons of fun. Hell yeah. It's just a matter of finding somewhere to stay. Too bad you're not there anymore. Fuck, it is too bad. You could probably still stay with my parents. Um, they're still there. They'd house you for a night, I bet. We'll talk after this. I don't yeah, want to be yeah. giving out the digits on, uh, on air now. So are you, are you going to be coming back at all in the summer? or? I guess, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm coming back. Uh, my friend's getting married on September 8th, and I'm a... I'm a I'm an ordained minister. I'm actually marrying them. Oh wow! Um, as well as emceeing that wedding. So, uh, so yeah, September eighth. I mean, that is a full-on date. I'm I'm back. Nice in Vancouver, or are you going to Seashell? That'll be in Seashell. I mean, nice. I don't even know where the wedding is. They haven't decided yet. So I might be in Cuba. I may not be back in the slightest. But uh, um, I would, I think that that's going to be on the coast. They're trying to do a deep wedding. Um, I mean, because that's how BC is. It's so expensive that everyone's trying to do a cheap wedding, it seems. Yeah. Um, except for you guys. I mean, I, you guys are fucking rock stars. You probably... How much are you spending on yours? Like, quarter of a mil or something like that? Yeah, oh, whatever. Whatever we want, we got. <laughs> Money ain't no thing. Just fucking separate have choppers and shit. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm coming back. I'll probably come back for all of September. Um, nice. And so, yeah, we'll we'll definitely. I mean, we should definitely aim to get a, a podcast going there, and that will probably be a drunk pod, podcast. I would love to to sit down and have some drinks with you. That'd be amazing. I want to do it too. Who's that? Who's that bitch you got over there? <laughs> I, don't know. I, I just want to mention that of the of the podcasts, I find it yeah. very appropriate that this is podcast number sixty nine. Ooh, I'm it. Why is that? Is that, for you? is that for you and me, Carly? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> um, 69ing is the best, man. Except what? for the 60... Todd thinks 69ing is the best, but I've had bad experiences with Todd where this one night we went to a club, like one of the only nights we ever went to a club, and we danced extraordinarily hard, and then we came home, and he was like, no, baby, straight to bed. And then he, I knew he was trying to maneuver the flip to get into position, and <laughs> the smell 
in that that sweet section between the balls and the anus, it was extraordinary. Like it. That's called a taint, by the way. Yeah. It. It was too much, and I kept trying to pull back, and he was just all about it, and I had the fucking decency to have a shower. It was rude. I think I'm scarred for life. You mean you had a shower and Todd did not, and then he was pushing? <laughs> I like to I like to party. <laughs> hey, that's that's rock star life. That's what do you know about that? You know? Yeah, that's <laughs> so gross. I just like to keep that's it going. That is truly harsh. No, I mean, at that point, I would definitely push for a for a, a mutual shower. But that, I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of mutual showers. Hmm. So have you have you scored any French um, clam uh, no, shell? Not, not yet. I mean, this is this is a touchy subject. Yeah. I kind of no. To be honest, like I haven't even met all that many French people. Like, I had I had two... I, I didn't know anyone when I came out here. I met up with a, a couple of girls that I knew um, that were traveling when I was traveling. Yeah. Um, so, I met up with them. Like, one of them's, a, one of them's like, super butch lesbian. Um, shout out to Jenna. Um, and then... And then the other one's gorgeous, but uh, but she's a good boyfriend, and, and, and she's, she's from Ireland. Shout out to Jessica. And... Uh, between the two of them, they, they can't introduce me to too many French people, to be honest. Like, most of the people are British that they hang out with. Hmm. Um, and uh, and, uh, and Jess, Jess's boy, Jess has her boyfriend, and so she would be my connection. She's, you know, she's got her fluent French on. She she would definitely have connects, but uh, I could see her as much uh, as I wish I could. So it's kind of been rough. I mean, I've talked to a couple girls in... in uh, when we're in bars going out, and a couple of girls have approached me, but uh, in terms on, on you know, if we're talking on a macro level, there's not there's not really been anything of interest yet. Yet, yeah. my next podcast, trust me, I will have stories. Sweet, that's that's uh, that's something that you do, hey. What's that? Like you you uh, you find girls. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like what I mean is like they're not all guys actually do that. I mean all guys talk about that, but not all guys actually make that a reality on a regular I, basis. Yeah. It's all not I'll an easy on, thing to do. On, what I'll say on that is, you know, I don't like to talk out my ass. And I'm not talking farting. I'm talking about I don't like to say things that I'm not making come true. So I'm not. I wouldn't go so far as to say you know like I like I definitely don't get a lot of girls. Probably get a fucking very limited set of girls in comparison to to most guys. But um, but if I'm telling you that I'm going to have stories for the next podcast, I'm going to have stories for the next podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. But that's um, so that's yeah, funny. I'll push for it. Yeah, I think what you were saying is, like, you're you're not a bullshitter. Like, there's a lot of guys out there that'll say whatever the fuck they need to say in order to get themselves in that situation. Absolutely. And they have no fucking soul. They have no, no, they have no actual uh, emotion, like, passion about life or any kind of opinion or or anything they'll just say what is the best thing that they could say in that situation to get their penis into a vagina and i do not half step like that no i i what i say 
I mean. Yeah. And that's why I'm talking to Curly about, you know, episode 69. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, I, I, too, I mean, in, an, in all honesty, I do actually, I see full truth in, in that statement. Um, I, I love it. Sorry? That's something my dad, my dad, uh, put me on to, you know, he was, his whole thing is like, he respects my mom, like, you don't even know, and I mean, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say I respect all women, but I love every single one. My eyes are closed, I'm like shaking my head at how much I love them right yeah. now. Um, hey, um, so, I, I think, um, the, the sound is getting kind of weird. I'm gonna, I'm gonna... Pause it and then call you back. I find that. Oh, I, oh, I, I see. Yeah, I was having oh, I this. See. I was having this problem. I was having this problem earlier. Like when it goes on for a while, the audio quality gets really shitty. And but then if I like stop it and then I'll recall you, and it should be better again. Okay, and I'll plug in just to make sure that my Wi-Fi connection is going. Good. Okay, do, and if Stop if you need, do you need to pee or anything? Um, no. Okay. Um, Cool, okay, I'll give you a few minutes. Okay. Okay. That's way better. Yeah, it's more clear. I don't know what that is. It's like after a certain amount of time, it starts to get shitty. That's brutal. So, what's your podcast set up with this, uh, with the whole scene? Uh, what, in what regard? What are you recording with? Uh, an iPhone. Oh, I see. Yep. Oh, fuck. That's easiest, easiest class. You literally just record, hit, hit Skype, and then... You're talking, and I'm and I'm coming up the speakers, and that's how it works. Exactly. I actually we got Carly got some software to record a Skype conversation, and uh, I recorded the one with Joey today. But I also did a backup with my iPhone, and I found yeah. that the recording with the iPhone was more consistent. Like the the uh, the Skype recording was it was louder for me, or it was louder for Joey than it was for me. Right. So. It's it's better to have it more consistent levels, I guess. But um, you were saying that you love all women. Dude, I love all women. Every single one of them with, from the bottom of my heart. And I mean, I was joking around about saying I don't respect all women and stuff. That's, that's, a, that's a complete farce. I love all women and I, and I respect all women. I guess that that, that kind of comes through when I'm, when I'm talking to women. They, they understand that. That uh, that I'm not ha I'm not half stepping. I'm not I'm not in it for in it uh, for for jokes or you know I, I, don't, I don't beat around the bush. I'll, I I say what I feel like. Um, I'm not afraid of. I'm definitely not afraid of my sexuality. Not afraid of kind of manhood and all that type of all that type of jazz. So so in that sense, when you say I'm you know I I get I go get girls or whatever. I, I think that I think that my approach to when I'm approaching women, it's it's honest. They 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 understand where I'm coming from. Yep. 
is I've, I've just realized, like, for, for people that don't know me, I probably should have been a little bit uh, more contained than, than I am because the, the sense of humor is really nuanced. It's, it's really hard to tell when, uh, when jokes start and, and, uh, and sincerity ends, but I'm being serious. I love women. Carly, do I love women? So like, See that? what what do you love about women? Oh, you just opened up a can of worms, baby. What do I love about women? Um, everything, elegance, grace, ladiness, like kind of kind of you know the 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 culture. I love the <laughs> I love the frailty of women. You know, um, I love that they're they're opposite from us. You know, we're we're really kind of logical thinkers, and women are are really emotional thinkers and, and, and the fact that you know men will never understand women and women will never understand men and we, we just sit here complaining about each other I, I love that a little bit <laughs> um, I mean no I, everything I love I love good smiles I love I love <laughs> I don't know man I love it all I love it all it's like what, uh, it, what do you love about women? You can get something from women that you can't get from anything else. You mean, what does he love about women? <laughs> that's what he said, wasn't it? I, I, that's what I asked. He must have misheard me. I said, what do you love about your absolute wife? <laughs> yes. It's he, mainly, for me, it's, it's more physical. It's a more physical love. I love the tits. I love the ass. You're such a liar. <laughs> I love the hair. I love the eyeballs and the lips, and the. And them bringing you drinks. I love that that that. I love when they bring you a drink, which just happened. And I love like the area like above, like right above the hips, where the hips become the stomach. Yeah. Like when you're when you got when you're touching that. Oh. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Even and their no. hands—they have these soft, little, cute hands. Shoutouts to thongs. Oh shit! You didn't. Oh shit. high heels. I love. I love the clicks of high heels. Oh no! Yeah, I. It's it's about like, it's all about the big, you know. Like, I I do love the thong. But there's nothing like a pair of like white cotton underwear. Yeah. It yeah. just it just brings it back to like being thirteen. And when you, oh boy. you know, when you hooked up with a, a girl when you were thirteen and they had like and she she hadn't even gone through puberty and she had and she had cotton panties on. You know, not I, not I, that I know it. I know it. Not that I'm into that these days, but when it bring, it brings me back the cotton cotton undies. I um. What about? I mean, I'm loving this resurgence in in kind of booty shorts as well. They're back with what? a vengeance. They're back, eh? I think so. Like uh, maybe not. Maybe I don't know. Maybe like, I'm out of the out of the loop. Like short shorts. Like yeah, short shorts. But I mean underwear. But they're they're not like. Right. Yeah. 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 They're not underwear. They're more like like almost like volleyball short underwear. We need we need girls to write in. Hey girls, if if you're out there and you have Twitter, holler us at Solitodity 
and let us know what these are called because we don't actually know the names of them but they're kind of the booty short kind of um, underwear I don't know short oh, short yeah. underwear I'm female yeah. and they're just called boy shorts boy shorts they're just called boy shorts then let me tell you if they're called boy short shorts then you're not much of a fucking female let me tell you that much right off the bat I think the and, I, I think and you didn't tweet him like I t- just said. <laughs> yeah. But I think the idea behind them is that they're it's like borrowing your boyfriend's boxers. It's like the the girl version of that, you know, slipping into your boyfriend's boxers, but they're uh, a girl version. I to- I totally I get that. I get that. Um on and on in that same kind of thought train of thought, I would say that uh that like getting a, a baseball cap back from a from a girl and this is kind of bring me back to that kind of like that your first your first kind of 13 year old when you, you know you're you're seriously hooking getting to hook up with girls and stuff and and girls take your hat and then they give it back to you a week later and it smells like a girl oh shit <laughs> so much girls smell so much nicer than boys yeah yeah no doubt even even uh, when they stink they smell good exactly yeah. exactly which I'm sure Carly never stinks. I love her stink. <laughs> there's a de- there's a th- th- at times there's a definite stink and it's really nice. Like for, I hear that. first thing in the morning, like your breath is gonna stink, you know, a little bit. But like a girl's stinky breath is pleasant. It's exactly, nice. kind of like nice. how a puppy's stinky breath is is yeah. pleasant in its own kind of well, way. I would compare it more to a kitten. Like a kitten's breath. I think yeah, a, a I man's breath is more like a dog. Like a, a dog's breath is like a man's breath. A kitten's the, breath is like a girl's breath. Okay, okay. I love the smell of cat breath. I'm partial to cat breath. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, you guys are like the crazy cat house over there. Huh? Yeah. You got like 165 cats or something. No, like no, no. We got eight. Oh, okay, well. My apologies. No, we got two. Yes, we are fucking crazy cat people. I love cats. I can dig it, though. Yeah, they're amazing, man. Um, they are amazing. Your your cats are pretty cool. The one likes me. The the young no the the one of the one of them's really scared. Am I right? Yeah, one of them's more cautious. One of them's cautious, and the other one likes me. Yeah, like super comfortable around people. Yeah. Um, Todd, what's your beer of choice? I'm re- I'm a slut when it comes to beer. I'm a beer slut. I'll drink. Get, I'll drink what in your hands. Yeah, it's, I don't. It's very simple. But typically, I'll go for highest alcohol percentage for the least al- amount of money. <laughs> so I'll <laughs> I'll go with like a nice German beer, like tall yeah. cans of like a a nice seven percent, eight percent, like Belgium, you know, this kind of shit. Cheap. Yeah. Cheap. So, that's, like, yeah. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Now, what's your <laughs> drink of choice? Um, I go through phases. It's, usually it's beer. Like a cheap beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... So you're, uh, a beer, you're a beer man. Typically, yeah. I'll go through little wine phases, but they're short-lived. I always go back to beer. I love the taste of beer. Beer, to me, tastes... it tastes like good memories. Like, when I'm sipping on beer, 
like all those times of like hanging with my homies in parking lots and like like being at parties when I'm in high school and listening to really good music and driving really fast in cars where we probably shouldn't be driving because we're wasted. That's like when I drink a beer, like that all floods into me. And it's like, yeah. Exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I mean, a beer is as quintessential kind of guy drink as, as you can really get, is it not? Yeah. What, what about you? Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm definitely a beer guy. I mean, if I'm sitting around having one or two, then it's gonna be, it's gonna be beer. If I'm, if I'm trying to get the fucking crunk as, as it gets, I might step into a little gin and tonic or a gin cranberry or something. I, I like my gin for sure. Do you like to drink? I mean, do you like to drink by yourself? I don't drink by myself all that much. No. Really. No, not all that much. I probably should should get to get into it a little bit more, but yeah, you should start. <laughs> um, like, do you ever like? Do you ever like uh, sit like when you're drawing or something? Do you ever like just drink by yourself and draw a picture or something? No, no, and I think that that's probably because my my uh, intoxicant of choice is, is always going to be marijuana. I, I just oh, okay. I'm so, such a pothead that I that I. Uh, that's always how you know. I, I really zone out to, to on on weed. Yeah. Do you do you smoke weed like every day? No. This. I mean, that's such a a, a new thing. I, I have smoked weed. Smoke weed every day uh, for a bunch of years. But uh, my New Year's resolution this year was to, to not smoke. So um, I've gone. Uh, I've gone so far. What what date is it today? Is the twenty? It's now here in Montreal. It's the twenty third. Yeah. January 23rd, so we've, I've gone over three weeks of, of no smoking. But yeah. I mean, I'll break that at the next sign of weed, probably. I, I, I have no problem uh, breaking down on resolutions. I don't think they really stand for all that much. I mean, no. the point is to acknowledge that you have, that, that you're wanting to change and then changing that. But my, my other New Year's resolution is to be able to do the splits by December 31st and that's something that I'm much uh, I really want to stick to yeah so you've been stretching every day getting closer and closer pushing my, ham my hamstrings are just pieces of asparagus you know like I lean forward and they just go and then they're broken and I you know I spend the next three months in bed not being able to walk so I'm really trying to stretch out the, the hamstrings, keep that back flat, you know, maybe get into a little bit of yoga through the year and just kind of really push push the limits on flexibility. How's your shoulder? Oh, dude, my shoulder's great. I yeah. um, 100%? I, was, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be 100%. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm about to take some jujitsu classes over here, so I'll let you know in a couple months if I, if I, get, if I get my fucking arm torn off in an arm bar or something like that, then... It probably will be back to zero percent, but um, yeah, I, I went. So I, I waited, for, you know, for like four and a half fucking years for surgery. Got the surgery. Probably by the time I met you, I'd already had that surgery. Oh no, I, I had it while I was working there, right? Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I took that little bit of time off, and since then it's been pretty good. I mean, I've uh, I've definitely been slacking on keeping it for a long time. I was keeping it up with uh, with lots of push-ups and stuff like that and, and maybe I'll get back into that but but um, 
and so far it's been good. I mean, I've fallen on it a few times. I was out surfing the other the other weekend uh, in Tofino on, on Christmas, maybe on Boxing Day. I was out surfing, and uh, you know, got I got thrown into the into the sand a bunch of times. And felt fucking great. Nice. <laughs> so it's it's tight, like it doesn't come out anymore. Oh, it hasn't popped out. No, I haven't had any problems. Knock on. Can you hear me knocking on wood here? Yeah, I, I, I haven't had there. any problems since uh, the surgery, thank God. Yeah. It was brutal for a while there. How did you hurt it? The original time was... Yeah. I, I was in Indonesia. My, uh, my, I had a British girlfriend at the time. Oh, and sh- shit. You know, you know the fucking Brits, right? They're fucking weeks, weak swimmers. <laughs> they didn't grow up around water. <laughs> They didn't grow up around water at all. They can't judge waves. They just... I mean, there's so many fucking subtleties of West Coast culture that I take for granted. Um, and, and one of them is, like, being able to read whether tides are coming in or out or at what point the wave's going to break on top of you and at what point you can go under it. Yeah, that's common knowledge. Exactly. She's a fucking idiot. She gets taken out in this, in this tide, can't swim, starts screaming for help. So I go... I swim out there bring her in like a fucking knight in shining armor that I am. Next thing you know, we got fucking, <laughs> we're getting slammed around on a fucking sandbar and she comes down on top of me and just fucking broke, broke some little bone up in my, uh, I, I never understood what it was because it was all being said in Indonesian. Bah- Shoutouts to Bahasa Indonesia. Anyways, um, and, that, and my shoulder was dislocating, and from then on, it just started dislocating so, every month or so. And so as time went on, it started getting to be the point where it was like three times a week, it was popping out like nobody's business. Shit. So, so a, a, the, the, the way that you originally injured your shoulder was a British bitch fell on you. Obviously, yeah. I mean, how else would it... Does, like, does anyone dislocate their shoulder when it doesn't have to do with a stupid Brit? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, you limey red coat bastards. Let me let me ask you: Did it did it hurt a lot when you first, dislocated it? The first the first time it happened, not at all. It okay. uh, you just go into shock. Like I knew something was wrong right away, and luckily the, the the way because we were slammed on a sandbar, when the wave when the when the water kind of pulled out for the second wave. Well, first of all, I just want to say these weren't these weren't some bitch made waves. These were kind of like twenty five foot gargantuan waves. So when the waves <laughs> pulled out for the, ne- for the next, uh, for the, or when the water got pulled out for the next wave, it pulled out about fifty feet on the on the sand. And so there was just sand. You're just lying there on the sand, um, and you have kind of a bunch of well, not a bunch of time. You probably have four seconds while the next wave comes crashing in and luckily I was in I was in enough trouble that I that that I I knew I just I, I knew it was time to get the fuck out of there so I just stood up and uh, and ran into the ran into the in, onto the beach and, and kind of looked down and my shoulder was way out of its socket it was sticking out almost kind of directly above my my teat holy shit really it, it was way out and uh, and it it, it popped in a few different, we, we tried to get it back in, and right off the bat, it kind of popped back, still out of place, and you could see a big divot in my in my shoulder, and, and it was bumped out in the front, but it bumped about three inches.
is over, and, uh... And, and, and you're uh, saying that this didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. I was just in shock. I was looking down, and it was kind of like... It was moving, and I didn't want anyone to touch me, and I didn't want it to move it. Like, it, it hurt, but you're not sitting there thinking, I'm in a lot of pain, you know? You're thinking, holy fuck, dude. Well, There's a fat divot in my fucking arm, and my shoulder is sticking out four inches in front of it. Yeah. You know? I've Because I've dislocated my shoulder. And okay. I've also, like, broken bones and hurt, hurt my knee, and I've done a lot of pretty serious damage to my body, and nothing hurt more than separating my shoulder. Okay, now, now that, I'm just talking about the first time. Right. The, the second time was a week later, I'm sitting in a, in a bus, the window's open, I have my, my arm, you know, I think it's all healed up, we pop it back in, no prolo. No prolo. No prolo, fine. My, my arm's up, like right up, kind of. 90 degrees to my body up in this window and we hit a fucking big ass bump in the road and it just goes and pops out again and I started shrieking like a little fucking bitch made foo um and yeah yeah, from then on after the first one it definitely it hurts it hurts a lot um you kind of after a while I got used to it like I said man it was popping out all the time for Years, four and a half years before I got oh. surgery, but um, oh, it's, it's just painful just thinking about it. Yeah, it's that's that's definitely painful. I, I've uh, I've luckily I haven't broken many bones knocking on wood there again. Um, I've had my nose broken a few times in scraps, and uh, <laughs> I think that's it actually. But um, you've been but, in? Have you been in a lot of fights? I used to be a big a, a little a little yeah scrapper. I've been in a few tilts in my in my day. Yeah. I grew up playing hockey, and I was kind of I was always one of the tougher kids on the on the team. Um, I started out a, a real big kid. I you know I grew. I was almost five eleven when I was twelve, so I, I was big back then. And then uh, and then I just never grew. I'm I'm still five eleven to this day. So then I became a small guy, and uh, and I had kind of small man syndrome after yeah. being a kind of bully. So. I took that I took that out into into life as well. You know, when I didn't get my way, I would, I'd like to I like to fight my way out of things. That's that's actually something that I'm really jealous of is is the experience of like getting in fights when you're a teenager because I never had that. Like I have never I've I've get, I've gotten beat up <laughs> like but I've never actually been in a fight. I've never fought I, back. Or I like, have I've like, fucked yeah. around with friends. You know, I've 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 duked it out with Mason in the Burger King parking lot on friendly terms, but I've never actually been in a legit fight. And, and I really, I wish that I had fought more when I was a teenager. I wish I had just gotten in some fights. Yeah. When it's like more kind of, uh, acceptable. And I mean, it still is dangerous. Like fighting always is, is dangerous. Like I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want them to hurt me. Though the reality is you can punch someone and they'll die or get seriously injured or you can get in a lot of trouble. But I still wish that I had had those experiences and gotten in some fights. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and I think that... Uh, I, I think I just fucking bricked my iPhone. Did you hear that? I've been, I've been throwing it up and dropping it or, and, and catching it and I just straight up dropped it on my laptop and it looks like it's bricked. Anyways... <laughs> Uh, um, 
Yeah, I, I think I think that I, I agree with that. I mean the the thing is as a kid, when you're scrapping, like you're gonna you know that you know what's coming. There's gonna be some fists, maybe a couple knees, maybe some kicks. Like if you go down, they might stomp your head a little bit, but that's that's as bad as it's gonna get, you know. But yeah. nowadays you can get bear sprayed real quick and be permanently blind. Yeah. Or or get or, in a fight like it's it's very different to get in a fight with like a thirty year old dude than it is to get into a fight with a 14, 15-year-old kid, you know? Like, totally. Absolutely. There's only so much damage that a 15, 16-year-old teenager can do as opposed to, like, some crazy fucking 30-year-old who's just miserable with life and fucking hates his wife and is drunk and just wants to fucking kill whatever is in front of him and you happen to be that. Like, it gets a lot more dangerous as you get older, yeah. I think. Yeah, totally, totally. But I, I still, I want to kick some ass. Like, I want to be able to, like, an honest kind of fear that I have is, like, in the next, like, four or five years, like, I want to have babies, right? I want to I wanna shoot my load into Carly's puss and, like, make, make us a baby. Oh, I, I, I want to make, like, a human being. Ew. And my thing is, like, fuck, no, if, I'm gonna, if I'm going to go make a human being, I need to be able to protect that human being. Like, yeah, I have to, I have to be able to fight. I have to, like, not that I want to be stupid with it, but I have to be able to protect my baby. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so I got some catching up to do in that respect. I got to take some jujitsu classes or some kyokushin, like something and learn to, ki I want to kick some ass if I have to, you know? I, I mean, I don't want to be a bitch. I, I would just, if, if I were you, I would just, I mean... If you want, like, if, if you want to just learn straight up striking, like on the streets, you're you're probably going to survive with just just flat out boxing. You know, if, like six months of boxing, and you can probably tap out any, anybody that that you're going to come across, um, with uh, it not including any kind of strikers that have had, you know, another guy with six months training may may beat you, but even six yeah. months training will be enough. You'll have learned enough and thrown enough punches that you're gonna you're gonna stomp out anybody yeah. that, that you come across. But uh, beyond that, I mean, you can like if you want to get into some some more kind of hard shit, yeah, you pick up some muay thai muay thai uh, like kickboxing. Like, uh, well, people always say the Thailand, but I would I would more argue that uh, you want something like the like the Holland fighters have, or, you know, the, the the European muay thai is is much. Uh, is much stronger, I think, in, in a street sense. Anyways, that's beside the point. I think that I think that like your your dad hormones. You know how like dads have like old man strength and shit. I yeah. think that a lot of that's to do with like with it being your kid. Like I don't think you'll, you'd have a problem beating some guy up that, that threatens your kid or something like that. I think that comes pretty naturally to to humans. I I like to think that under those conditions, I would perform well. It's one of those, it, it's like, it's like until, it's like I want that, I almost want that to happen. It's like, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think you, you would totally understand, like, because you have actually been in fights and you've had that experience. So for you, you're probably very comfortable with the idea of that happening. But it's like, for me, it's this almost, it's this thing that's like hanging over my head, like, when is it going to happen? And it's like. You know, like, I've, I've never had that experience. I've, I've been in, like, I don't know. I just want to, I want to kick some ass.
just so I can prove to myself that I can. Okay. <laughs> but well, I don't want to. I, I don't want to go hurt no, someone. It's not that. <laughs> I just don't want to go out on the street and like pick a fight with some random dude. But I almost want to just to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, probably your safest bet, like someone that's gonna respect the kind of the idea of, of just going going fists in, and no one's gonna like pull a knife or a gun on you or something would be probably at a skate park, you know? Like, next time a <laughs> punk skater fucking cuts you off, yep. you should be like, yo, I'm about to stomp this cat right now. Start filming. Yeah. I've been, in, I mean? I've been in those situations where it could almost come to that. Like, yeah. where I'm, like... Like, I was at a skate park last summer and I was, like, skating around a bowl and this skateboarder, like, kicked his board at me while I was rolling... And then we kind of had an altercation, and I just was like, yo, man, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're kicking your board at me, and he accused me of, like, being in his way or being something dangerous. But I, mean, I, I, I do have those situations where it could very easily turn into something physical. Yeah. But it never has. I think, I, I, I think I'm pretty fucking scary. Yeah, I, and and I think that that's part of it, and and you're also smart, you know, like yeah. fighting fighting is like it, it should really be a last resort to yeah. to resolving an issue because it doesn't really resolve anything. It just it's just like a, the human way of dumping a whole bunch of emotion out real quickly. Yeah, you know, just get rid of a bunch of aggression, a bunch of energy, and then if both of you are kind of calmed down, you know, that kind of like ends it. But but. uh I mean, fighting's not pretty. I will say that no. fighting's not. Uh, it's not where you what you want. Like, as I guess it's you're you're right. It's, it may be something that I don't understand because I've I've been in a few. But uh, like, was I? No, I I had already been beaten up. That one time when I when I I, I yeah I this was before meeting you, but I I may have told you about it. You've probably seen the the picture on Facebook of me getting or me stomped out. I um, there was a night where your face uh, is all beat up. Yeah, my face was all beat up, and and what happened was, you know, we were out. It was New Year's Eve. We had paid a ton of money to go to this kind of red carpet event, and this fight kind of broke out, and some guy started pushing me around, and it was there was a bunch of people that I was with that were that were fighting. I wasn't even friends with them, but they were part of our group, you know, it, it was, we had like a group of 30 people, and it was friends of friends or something, and they started this fight with these other guys, and and, um, and for all intents and purposes, this guy kind of started pushing me and telling me to get the fuck out of there, and I, I, did, I wasn't happening it at all, and I, I uh, it kind of, it got physical, and I ended up punching him, and it turned out it was a plainclothes cop. Well, and he hadn't said anything. He hadn't said he was a cop or anything. But uh, but obviously that's not that's not going to fly. And so there were a bunch of other plainclothes cops that were there, kind of undercover in this, as you know, acting as kind of like I don't know chaperones or something like that. And for for it ended up with me just taking nightsticks to the to the head over and over again well, and spending the night in jail. Um. I mean, I wonder if I'm ever going to get hired after doing this podcast, you know, the more I think about it. But anyway, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so, so it was, it was, uh, it was, 
it was that was kind of the last time that I that would have been God two thousand and seven probably, and that was the last time that I that I fought. I just realized a is you're not a fourteen year old kid anymore. You know, you're not just a little skater punk that's hanging out at a skate park. Some kids lipping you off, and there's some girls around, and you want to impress them, and you you go over there and you throw a couple fights, and and I mean, hopefully knock the dude out. If not, then then get beaten up. But luckily, I, I, before then, I had never actually really uh, been knocked out. I'd lost a fight uh, once or twice, but uh, most of the time I, I came out on top. And so that that kind of undefeated attitude, or that you know, gives you this god complex, and yeah, and it. It's, it's really hard to catch yourself and be like, wait, fighting's not the answer. When every time you use it as an answer, you end up winning. You kind of think, like, fighting is an answer. It's a totally an answer, and I can survive with it. Um, so after that moment, that was kind of, you know, I would, I would like to say that was like a, you know, a transition from being a boy to a man or, or some type of th- some, that type of thing. So, so I think you should be proud that you've gone as long as you as long as you have in life without ever having to, to, to really scrap someone because I'm ranting, sorry dude. I'm ranting cool. like a motherfucker. Anyways, the point is you don't have to worry about getting hurt in a in a fist fight because your adrenaline's pumping and when a guy hits you adrenaline surges through your body and you can't feel it at all and he can't feel it at all either. You know, you're just you're just fighting until someone resets the other guy's brain pretty much. Um but uh, but being an adult who hasn't had to fight, I think, is a more honorable approach to life than uh, than a guy who's who's been in a bunch. Just yeah. why my nose is all fucked up. Is it? <laughs> is your nose all fucked up? It's pretty fucked up. How is your nose fucked up? Uh, I guess you'd have to feel it. Um, oh. I'll, next time next time we're hanging out, I'll, I'll I'll get I'll put your fingers on on the on it and you, you can feel the areas like there's scars on it for sh- when you look closely and uh, I mean it's been broken in a bunch of places you can just feel the cartilage has been broken and I've actually broken the bone in a couple of places as well so so up where the bone is like up between my eyes yeah. there's just clumps of fucking bone t- tissue that's kind of put itself back together you know yeah um I don't know how to ask this question. Um, those, uh, there was, you were getting into some um, agriculture. Into oh, you were getting into some some uh, mycology. Mycology. Yeah. Some yeah. etobotany. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, are you still um, growing um, fungus? Fungus in your. In your place? No, I'm not. No. I mean, when I was traveling, I kind of got out of it because, uh, well, just because I didn't have a room. I mean, that's something I'd love to get back into. Yeah. Let me, um, okay, so let me, okay, this is good. Okay, you, okay, you have obviously um, eaten mushrooms containing psilocybin. I've, I've eaten psilocybin kubensi only in, in places where it's legal. When I was in Indonesia, yeah, of I, course, of course, they're, they're legal there, so I eat them there. Yeah, of course. Um, are the, have you? So, what is your uh, like? Have you had very heavy doses? Very heavy experiences oh, man. like that? I've, uh, I've, I've, I've. So, I mean, let's let's be honest. I've, I've, I've experimented a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, I've had I've I've had varied doses. Um, I can tell you, like, what what's what are you, is there a point you're getting at, or, or are we just kind of is this just the topic and now we can talk? Because I got I got some stuff that I can talk about for sure. Say whatever you want to say. Okay. Um, well, I will say that that uh, psilocybin is is one of my is one of my favorite favorite drugs. Um, I'm I'm a firm believer in in only doing drugs that that come from planet Earth. I guess that's kind of neo hippie of me, but uh, for what it's worth, I, I I trust drugs that come from the Earth and haven't needed uh, any type of any type of additives or or process to to make them to make them worth their while. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, they, so I love, I love the kind of, oh damn, how do I, how would I say it? Like the, the reflective personality, like part of a, a personality of psilocybin. So you can really, sorry, I'm moving the laptop around a little bit. So you can really, get into your own head and kind of figure out what's going on with life or, or, or have some sort of kind of spiritual, I wouldn't say awakening, but understanding of, of, of where you're, where you're headed, what you're doing right now and, and in which ways you want to change your life. Um, it, when the, the, I mean, I, I don't do them anymore, but the first time I did them was, uh, was with some friends on Halloween night and, uh, we went to a cornfield maze uh, a bunch of us. We were all dressed up, and I, I can't remember tons of details, but uh, I can remember. I do remember a lot of specifics. So our, our plan was, we were we we're all dressed up. I'm I'm in the uh, Beastie Boys intergalactic music video uh, suits, like those has those hazmat suits, kind of like um, whatever the whatever you'd call those. And uh, our plan was, we were going to go there and find a way to sneak in, so that we didn't have to pay. And I guess that was it. I guess that was all the plan really was. But so we get there, and uh, we're walking up. It's in a it, like I said, it's a cornfield maze. So it's on a farm. So you wanted to it's, go to a cornfield maze. It's a maze. Yes, yeah, like nighttime, and this maze. Okay. Had you had you done? Have you had you eaten mushrooms before, or was this your first time? No, this was my first my first time. Oh, okay. It was. And so, so you didn't know what you were getting yourself into. I didn't. I, I no. I didn't. I mean, I knew what I was getting myself into, but having not experienced it, how can you really know? You know, it's a yeah. it's a hallucinogen. Really, I was you, a, you never know. But that exactly that first time you might have kind of a naive to Satan and stuff. That first time you might have kind of a naive view, like, oh yeah, we're gonna be giggly and you know, go on. So. We get off the bus. We almost missed the bus for one. Uh, we had to we had to chase it down, and and luckily the bus driver was really nice. He he saw us running along the street behind it, and we get we all get on the bus. You know, there's I think there's about ten of us to be honest. Uh, there's ten of us, and, and we're all dressed up. What were you we're dressed up zooming. as? What were you and What were you dressed up as? I was dressed up as this beast this in this Beastie Boys costume. Okay. Do you remember? Do you remember the music video for Intergalactic? No. Okay, well, it's like... I mean, their costumes were obviously much better, but I'll tell you what we were wearing. We were wearing per, uh, yellow gumboots 
and then we had those like cheap painting suits that you know they're like coveralls that just go over your whole body and they have a hood on top <laughs> yeah you know those suits yeah yeah and then we had yellow duct tape that kind of came over our shoulders and then went around as a belt as well <laughs> and we had the yellow um um kitchen like wash up washing gloves like dishwashing gloves right and uh <laughs> and and like woodwork goggles and a heart and a yellow hard hat and that was pretty much our costume for the people who have, nice. have seen the video they will absolutely know i mean we pretty much nailed it for for six bucks i, I think we, we ended up taking the the gum boots and the hard hats and the goggles back the next day nice. and, and you know fresh you know got all our money back so all we paid was for the duct tape a roll of duct tape between three people and uh and then these little painting suits they're a buck each or two bucks each anyway nice so, um, so, you got so we get on the bus, resume, and we get off the bus, and we, 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 we're walking towards it, and we decide, okay, we're going to cut in at this field, you know, a couple fields back, and walk across this field, and just walk into the cord maze through the back. So that's, that's plan A. <laughs> so, so as we're walking, in the middle of this field, we come up to this car, and the car, like, we're looking in, and we can't really figure out what the fuck's going on. The car's got some, like, weird-ass frost or something like that on it. It's not that cold, but it's frosted to some extent. And uh, we're just kind of fucking surrounding it, trying to look in, see what's going on. It's like maybe chrome on the windows or something like that. We couldn't figure it out. And then we realized it wasn't. It was just fogged up. There was a couple inside trying to have sex. And they heard <laughs> us. And we're like surrounding the car. <laughs> like, is there anyone in there? What, what's going on? You know? So the poor guys, we just felt like absolute assholes after we wrecked this guy's so, game in there. You know. So uh, how many of you were there? Ten of us. Like maybe. ten of you fucking dressed in yellow painters. Well, they, everyone else, like, there was only three of us dressed up like the Beastie Boys. There was a couple, there was a guy dressed up in, like, lederhosen, like, as a German guy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't remember, I can't remember specifics of what everyone was wearing. I'm Apparently just, there are photos, but I've never seen them, yeah, so. I'm just imagining what it would have been like for the guy in the car, like, trying to get with this girl, and then all of a sudden he looks up and there's, there's this guy surrounding all the these car weirdos in like, surrounding know, the car. terrible. So we get there. We get to this, we get to the cornfield maze, and you can see, tell it from a mile away, right? There's, it's all, like, there's, it's lit up, they have spotlights inside it, and the, there's, like, haunted houses inside the cornfield, and all this type of shit. So we, we walk up, and there's a fence. We start climbing the fence. We get about fucking five feet up. And I don't know, have you ever been hit with an electric fence? You know how they work? It's like, you don't just touch them and they go off. They go off every, like, six seconds, right? Whoa. And so we're climbing, we're about five feet up, and this fucking fence goes, boom, and just cracks us all. You can see, you can see all these, like, kind of fucking sparks or light up where, where it's hitting our fucking hands. Whoa. And we all just, like, kind of let go and fall off. We're howling with laughter about how terrible it was. <laughs> So we were walking around trying to find another way in. It was like a 12-foot fence. There was no way you were going to be able to climb up and over the other side before it bumped us with another jolt. So we uh, we ended up having to go around the front. It was 12 bucks each or something. We didn't have a dime to our name. 
So we're sitting there saying, you know, like, yo, so uh, how much is it in there? Okay, blah, blah, blah. Guy turns, our friends turn around and be like, all right, guys, it's, uh, you know, it's 12 bucks. And I just think, well, I know how to solve this. And I just rush through by this bouncer <laughs> and just rush into the cornfield maze. And so he, he starts running after me. So, of course, everyone else starts running in as well. So, and they just flood the gates. All <laughs> ten of us get in. We split up. And I'm just, I mean, the guy's right, right behind me. I'd say with ten feet behind me. And so I cut into the corn like just not even following the maze but like cutting through that fucking corn and I'm just tearing through and you, you know I'm, I'm there's like there's fences in the corn and shit that I'm climbing over and you're ripping and you're kind of going sideways through the little pass and out the other side and you're scaring people coming running through the corn and in the other side and I'm zooming on shrooms and oh it was just Whoa. it was just haywire anyways <laughs> we ended up getting inside no one got caught. We all met up. Within within 20 minutes, we had all kind of found each other. Had a, had a wicked time inside. Um, and, I mean, by the end of it, we the, the place shut down. And my buddy and I were... There was, at, at this one point, there was... The, at this one part, there was like this... I guess this playground for little children. Yeah. But by the time we were... Like, it was probably two o'clock or something like that by the time we we get here and uh and all the kids had obviously we were long gone so we were sitting in sitting down and in, in, on like the slide and it, we were just playing around on the swings and shit and the big group of us looking up at the stars <laughs> and kind of having these like these big philosophy you know philosophy discussions and i mean you know everything that comes with comes with uh, mind-expanding drugs. And most guys went home, and there was this one friend and I, shout-outs to Mike, um, he, uh, he and I were having a good conversation, so we were sitting there kind of talking, and people left one by one. We were kind of like, whatever, you know, like, I don't, they can go. I want to stay. And next thing you know, it was 4 o'clock in the morning, and all we hear, we hear this, like, these footsteps, but like quick footsteps. We look over, and there's a fucking German shepherd there, and it sees us. Its eyes are all lit up for whatever reason. Maybe there's a light behind us or something like that. You have that, you know how dogs' eyes light up. Yeah. And it just starts growling and barking. We're terrified. Shit. Still zooming. Shit. We're terrified. Um, and this guy comes running up. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know, he's, he's got, like, plaid. He's, like, your classic farmer. You know, he's got a plaid shirt on, <laughs> boots, and this. And, and we're like, what? You know, we're, we're, what are you talking about? We're just on the cornfield maze. He's like, come on, man. Like, we've been closed for four hours or something like that. We're like, what? He's like, we closed down so long ago. You know, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and so, so he kicked us out. I don't even know where this fucking story is going, man. It was just a, it was a night on shrooms. We ended up catching a cab back. We had to dash on the cab because we obviously didn't have any money still at this point. Um, so we, we dashed on the cab. But some guys that shot were shooting Roman candles at us at a stoplight. And they were bouncing off the windows. I was just flipping out. It was the funniest night of my life. Wow. But, like... Okay, but you but you are like on mushrooms, like in this corn field. 
Oh, yeah. Did you experience terror at any point? Oh, my God, yes. Okay, so how this this field works is throughout the field, you're kind of like walking, it's kind of dark, and you're walking through the field, or the, the maze, and then you'll see light up ahead. Yeah. Like, when you look past the tops of the corn, you'll just see a light shining down. And wherever those lights are, there's some sort of, um, there's some sort of, uh, like, uh, attraction, like a haunted house, or a, a, this, this, the one that I'm about to talk about is a graveyard. So you go there, and there's, like, this graveyard, and there's, you know, the, there's coffins open, and there's dead bodies lying around. There's this ghoul, I don't even know what the fuck it was, some sort of alien ghoul. Yeah. And I'm talking, this isn't your average alien ghoul, you know, this is a fucking professional cornfield maze <laughs> on how on Halloween night. You know, this guy had a mask on that I bet they spent fucking eight grand on. It was a full-on, <laughs> straight-out-of-the-movies alien mask, ghoul mask. Alien ghoul. It was so fucked up, man. It was so scary. And he was marching back and forth. I don't know whether he was actually at the start, but for, for all intents and purposes, this story starts with him marching back and forth across the gate of this to get inside this <laughs> inside this little graveyard that we want to go check out. So, so you know, we walk up to him and he kind of like, he like crouched, he like sees us and kind of like crouches down like a ghoul would and is kind of like walking slowly towards us and we're freaked out and kind of, you know, we start walking backwards so he starts walking faster and next thing you know, you know how it is when you're with a big group of people, you're trying to be tough and then one dude starts booking it, everyone books. <laughs> so, we, so we just book it and who do you, who would be the, you know, the, I was, I guess probably one of the first people in front of everyone to walk up to it. So I was the last person to book it out. The guy starts chasing me. <laughs> oh, shit. I am scared like a motherfucker, man. And so he chases me down this fucking path of the maze. And I'm, and I'm running along, kind of screaming, I guess, kind of like, you know, like just, just kind of scared. And I come around the, another corner and the, Dude, some dude hops out of the maze and he's got a fucking chainsaw and it goes right, right, right beside me and I'm fucking terrified of him and I run the other way and they both start chasing me and they chased me for what felt like 10 minutes. I'm sure it was probably 100 meters. It wasn't that far at all, but anyway, and then they were gone and I probably kept running for another nine minutes after that just to get away from them. Holy and then, shit. you know, we all kind of meet back up and we, we you know, we come up and we had this kind of relationship with this ghoul where he just kept scaring us away and we we couldn't just man up and and <laughs> we couldn't man up and just walk up past him you know like he just he was the gatekeeper and he was <laughs> real or for what it, for all intents and purposes he was not he was we made up the word at the time and we still use this word and, and i've heard it in other places now i don't i obviously we didn't coin it across the globe but at the time we said he was unfuckwithable. <laughs> he was like, he was just, he was just on another level, Unfuck you know? With and I'm him. sure he knew we were 
on some sort of drugs because we were freaking out and we were, you know, 19 or 20 or I don't know how old we were, 18, 18 yeah. probably. So he probably like really enjoyed fucking with you guys and really turned it on and like... Oh, he was loving it. He wouldn't leave yeah. us alone for so long. Oh, yeah. At one point, we were... He scared us away and we were all running and then we were all walking back talking and I'm fucking talk, telling this story about this, you know, how he was chasing me and the first time we were running away from him and I fucking turn around and he's walking with us. He's like in the middle of our crowd and I fucking shriek and we and he goes, Rah! you know, and everybody just fucking bolts in every direction, again, through the corn, not through the maze, but through the corn, just trying to get away from the dude. Dude, somewhere, somewhere in the world, so, there's someone doing a podcast and they're telling this story. But it's the guy that had the alien mask on. Oh man, I would love to meet that. He's probably it was probably the same dude that that uh, that scared, got us out of there. You know, at the at the end of the night. But oh man, it was so it was so scary at the time. I mean, we we were scared by everything. There was another another time where we came around. There was a group of like twenty pirates, but they were about they were about I don't know five or six years old. And, no, older, older, eight or nine years old, I guess. And, uh, and they, they started chasing us with their swords up. And it was like, at first it was kind of like, oh shit, look at these kids rushing us. And then all of a sudden, you know, same thing. One guy bolts and all of a sudden they're <laughs> the scariest fucking things in the world. And you're just like, ah, these kids are back. You know, you're, you're running away. <laughs> Little punks, man. We were, when we were zooming, like I said, it was, uh, it was a, it was a big night. Oh God! I couldn't even handle the haunted house after that ghoul. <laughs> after that ghoul and the chainsaw, the chainsaw was was fucking haywire, man. The guy, he, he had like his, it was like a peeled face, like the guy had been skinned and was still alive. It, it, I mean, it was so scary at the time. <laughs> So now, like nowadays, um, are you like as adventurous with your sh with your trips, or do do you ever do a solo trip, like in the dark, like in your in, like in safety of your apartment or something? Or yeah, um, I I do. I, I I don't really I don't really like. I mean, if I'm smoking weed, then obviously I don't mind where I am. I can I can smoke weed at wherever. I'm I'm kind of a a full on stoner, so I can handle that. Um, if I'm doing, if I'm doing mushrooms, then, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be indoors all that much. If I'm, if I'm indoors, it'll just be until kind of everything starts kicking in or if we're going, going out. But I like to be out in the woods. I like to play with nature more so, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I've been, I've been wanting to get into one of these float chambers. Have you, have you yeah. heard about these things? Yeah, flotation tank. Exactly, the flotation tank. There's yeah. one here in Montreal. Nice. At this place called Ovarium, the Ovarium. Yeah. Have you been in one? No, I really want to try it, but I've never. Like, it looks reasonable. So this, this like, flotation bath, one session is 60 bucks. Yeah. I mean, 60 bucks. You can't go wrong to try it to try it once. Like we're talking crazy, non-drug, uh, like 
hallucinations, like out of body experiences. And stuff. Well, I I love the idea of it. I love the concept of it. Um, yeah. That like the water is the the exact same temperature as your skin. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Let's explain it to the listeners yeah. so that they know what's up. And and you're floating. There's a whole movie on it called Altered States about the guy who like invented it and really experimented with it. But basically, it's a it's a flotation chamber that the purpose of it is to cut off all sensory from your body. So you don't... The temperature is the exact same... Uh, I mean, the water is the exact same temperature as your skin. And you are actually floating because there's so much salt. And you're in p total darkness, so you don't see anything. And it's soundproof, so you don't hear anything. So you're no, your brain is not taking in any input. So the idea is that when your brain is not taking in any input, it's not feeling your body, it's not looking at something, it's not hearing anything, your mind is, like, all the reserves, all the power of your mind is free. Because you don't have, you're not feeling the outside world, essentially. So, the whole so, idea, I really want to try it. I really want to try it. Like, and it takes a little while for so, so the and the yeah the water's real salty right so you're really buoyant like you're just yeah. you're floating, floating there but your yeah. ears are underwater yeah so you're not you, yeah exactly and it's pitch black I mean I know that uh, some people go um, go into them and do like DMT trips and shit like that in yeah there. a lot of people they'll they'll use they'll use some mushrooms or smoke some weed or something in combination with that and. And it really allows you to go deep, deep within your own mind. Like, typically, like, a lot of, oftentimes when you sm smoke weed or you do mushrooms, you, like, it's common to trip out on things that are around you. And to really focus on, like, wow, like, look at this visual that I'm looking at. Um, but I, I do think there's value in, like, going deep into your mind. And yeah! Yeah, exactly. That's 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 really how I feel about about it. Anyways, it's like if I can get inside my own mind, I just think that is great. You know, like I I think that we need to we need to be trying that out more oh, often, yeah. figuring out what's what's going on in our heads from an altered state. You know. Yeah, because we're very we're very exo. We're very extrinsic creatures in this modern world. We are constantly giving ourselves like music, and and we want to look at documentaries. We want to talk to people. We want to touch things. We're very extrinsic. So it's, I think, for a lot of people, it would be painful to hop in a deprivation tank. Like it would be, they would experience it as suffering because they would be wanting input. Because you're so used to that, right? Yeah. I think it would take a lot of time to be able to relax and actually enjoy the nothingness. I think a lot of like you would be a lot of people would be afraid of the nothingness. Like it would hit them like like as a really scary, frightening thing because it's so foreign. Like city dwellers, we're just constantly taking in mass amounts of input. That's the norm for us. So it would be shocking to just like, zoop, like nothing. 
like what yeah. what like I'm I'm really intrigued by it. Like what what would you think? What would what would come to you? I think you would have like really good ideas. It would be really good to reflect on on what is going on and and your mind would not have to like without all that sensory input, where would your mind go? Like it would... so, so like when you talk to when I when I mean I haven't actually talk to him at all, all but like when it, when you hear um, when you hear Joe Rogan Joe Rogan's the guy that, that I know that got me into it the, the yeah. host from Fear Factor yeah he's he owns one yeah yeah exactly I, I, I watched a couple videos on him and he's saying it's like you don't need to be afraid all that like the, I mean it's not like you don't have to settle into it all that much you know like yeah for a couple minutes you're kind of weirded out you're not really sure what to think and then all of a sudden your brain's just starts going all of a sudden he's he's he says it's just like a you just hear this like and all of a sudden you're seeing geometric patterns and kind of like you know you're, you're flying into like into the dna of flowers and shit like that fuck i have like I, I can't wait to try one. Yeah, I I just can't believe that it's not more common. I think that's I think it's gonna be a lot more common in the next while. Like, it's a, an amazing piece of technology. Like, no one really even knows about it. No one does it. I really want to fucking do it. I I want to own one. I want to <laughs> I want to fucking own one. own one. Fuck, we gotta make uh, some money, Hort. I know. Let's should, fucking get I rich. We could start a flotation tank. Hold on, flotation tank. I'm gonna search Vancouver, see where they are. I actually, I emailed. Oh, I looked in Vancouver. There's a there's a website like Where to Float or something like that. Where to Float dot com or something. Float for health. Um, there's like a global database of flotation tanks. Okay. Okay. That I looked at, and I emailed someone in Port Moody was on the site and they never got back to me. There's a flotation tank right here for sale, 2500 bucks. Hmm. It's not that. I mean, it's it's a lot, but if you're charging people 60 bucks. Hold on. 1 hour. What the fuck, man? They're saying go in there for 2 hours. That's like your recommended Really? Your recommended session in here. This this one's on Renfrew Street downtown. Uh, Vancouver. Vancouver, 50 bucks for 50, two hours. 50, 35 for one hour. 50 bucks for two hours? Yeah. On Renfrew Street. Yo, this is a homemade tank, though. Well, I can tell, right? I can tell just from looking at it. I'm on mindecho.net slash floating. Yeah. I would anyway. think a lot of them are homemade. It's oh, like, yeah, well, fucking, we should make one. You could probably make it. If he's selling it for 2500 I bet you could make it for uh, for 700 Yeah, you could mass produce. You could produce them probably for a few hundred. It's just like, it's not something that everyone buys, right? So it's more expensive because fewer people are interested in it. Yeah. But if you hop in now, like, I, I, I think it's something that will really blow up in popularity. Dude, this is so hype. I'm going to make one. You're going to build one? Yeah. Really, you just all you need is a, a a pod that you can put water in and heat the water to a certain temperature. 
I don't know. And a fuckload of Epsom salts. A fuckload of salt. Yep. You need a fuckload of salt. There's a really high salt volume, right? To make you totally buoyant? Yeah. Yeah, it's like 800 pounds of salt or something like that. It's lots. Yeah, like a fuckload of salt. But they're doing things like, I've heard they're doing things like putting, um, like TVs in them. So you can, the idea is you can play like documentaries or you can teach people things and, and it's really efficient because they're in such a state of, like their mind is so free of distraction that people can learn things really easily. Okay. Um, okay. I can, I can see that, I guess. Yeah. But, but I, I think that does kind of also, it like defeats the purpose, right? What do you mean? Well, I don't know. For me, the purpose is the nothingness. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think I would, I would want to experience the nothingness as well. It's just that there's, there's different purposes for it, right? Like that's one purpose is like the meditative aspect, but it could also be used to teach people like a language in a couple weeks or like you could learn, you could learn something really fast. You know, there's different like uses for it, but I, yeah, I would go for, I would just want the nothingness. I would want to just go within. I think it'd be really healthy. Dude, we should, we should, uh, we should set up a, like another date that we have to have already that we have to have done a flotation tank session and then we can talk about it on here yeah that'd be great let's do it what do we want to say one month from now will you will you be able to do it within a month sure so this place is on renfrew well i it it said it i later read that it it closed down but i'm sure there's others yeah like i i I just i don't want to be typing because my microphone's right next to my keyboard yeah um and I know that that'll be picked up. Yeah, there's got to be a place. I'll find a fucking place. I really want to do it. Let's, yeah, let's try to do it. You try to do it within the next month. I'll try to do it within the mo- next month, and then we'll talk about it on a podcast. The Joe Rogan is giving away his isolation tank, he says. I thought he already did. Oh, maybe he did. Yeah, this is March tw- 2008. Yeah. Um... Imagine, imagine, like, there's so many different uses for it, like, yeah, I'm in it for the nothingness, but imagine if two people were in flotation tanks and there was just like audio and and you could talk to the other person. So you could have this super, super deep conversation with another person where there's zero external um, input going through your body, like absolutely zero distraction, and you're just conversing with this one person. Like that conversation would just go to crazy levels. Crazy levels, yeah, Crazy yeah. levels, like that's all there is, like, because, like, right now we're talking, but, I, like, my cute cat is sitting on the bed, I can feel my jeans touching my legs, I can, <clears throat> I can feel my shirt touching, I'm drinking something, I have to pee a little bit, there's a lamp, there's, there's a big fucking city with, like, thousands of lights, you know, there's so much that my brain is dealing with. That there's only yeah. so much capacity that I have to carry on a conversation with you. If exactly. all of that was just zero, nothing, just bl- darkness, no feeling in my body, no other sound except your voice and my voice, there would be a level of like focus that would just be alien-like. Through the roof. Yeah, totally. it, it would just be incredible. 
I'm just, I'm surprised they're not like talking about this on the news or like teaching kids about it in school. Like, it just seems. I believe I can't believe I haven't even done it. I'm a fucking retard. Like, I haven't even done it. Let's and do so it. Hard. Where did you see Altered States? Where can I? Is that just on YouTube, or is, did you actually find a torrent or download it? Or I I've seen it multiple times. I haven't seen it for a while. Both t I think I got it. I watched a DVD. Okay, okay. So it's, a, it's, it's like a real video. I can it's watch a, it. It's a really good movie. I'm sure you could download it from somewhere or find it streaming. But it's really good. It's about the guy who, like, developed the flotation tank. And he would do, like, LSD and go in it. And he was all... Yeah. He was this crazy scientist. And he was all about, like, finding out what is consciousness and what what is going on in, in his mind. And he would spend, like, a crazy amounts of time in this flotation tank and go to crazy places and he was a crazy dude but the movie is like really interesting really good i like that yeah i like oh. that i'm gonna i'm gonna read about it and i'm def I'll, I'll definitely go to this uh, this one in montreal i've been dying to go um Do it. so that's awesome that's yeah. awesome hell yeah but um this is almost almost coming to a to a close how uh, how much what time are we at right now? We're at one fifty six. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're we're yeah. we're good. I guess. Uh, so, how does this work? Do you have, is there a conclusion talk that you usually go through or anything like that? Not really. I don't do anything really official. Um, no. Excellent. <laughs> uh, um, um, do people ever contact you with with questions or anything like that? Yep. There's uh, I get emails and tweets and. People have written like blog posts on on different topics that we talk about. They've, yeah. And yeah, like shit like that. Like people are listening. It's it's um, people are subscribing to it, and yeah, I get feedback. There's a lot of like blogs, like rollerblading blogs, that they'll put posts about um, about certain topics, and then they'll say like, oh, these guys talk about it in their latest podcasts, and they'll link to it and stuff like that. Like it's organically like very slowly growing so yeah that's great that's yeah. great yeah um yeah, I'm, I'm seeing stuff coming up here I'm, i just did a quick little a little google as we say over here in in montreal google uh, yeah. nice <laughs> i'm just talking shit but um <laughs> that's that's all it, it's, i think it's awesome man I, I i love what you're doing and i'm and i'm happy to have uh to have experienced my first how to be on popular. I mean, if if we're being if we're being honest, I don't know if if the part with uh, Carly at the beginning is going to be in the actual podcast. Oh, it's all um, yeah, it's all going to be in. Um, is it legitimate for us to have uh, have said the f word about our previous employer earlier on? Oh, fuck Steve Cump. I do mean what he says. I, I mean, I would never go so far as to say something as bad as "fuck Steve Cump," but I do, I do enjoy that that you're willing to go there. And oh, by the way, "fuck Steve Cump." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no shit. Well, I doubt that he would ever listen to it, but I would be, oh. I would be so thrilled if he did actually hear us say "fuck Steve Cump." Because really, fuck Steve Cump. What, what's Ryan? What's the the other dude? Ryan something. He's being tall and awkward and with a stupid haircut and and probably still close to erect. Totally, totally. Um, <laughs> hey, Ryan. 
get Steve's dick out your mouth. Yeah. Um, excellent. Well, Mr. Todd, Word. it was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, dude, that was a lot of fun. Speaking to you, and I look forward to speaking to you in the next little while. We'll uh, we'll come back with with talks about the isolation chambers, how that went, and uh, and and maybe further about uh, I don't know artistic endeavors. Fuck yeah, let's do it again, buddy. That was awesome. Peace and love. Hey, rem- I'm telling everyone. Remember to follow at Toddity. Sorry, at Solid Toddity on Twitter. I almost fucked it up. How bad is that? Follow at Solid Toddity. That's the boy. You got to get on there. We want questions about this podcast and and what you want to hear us both answer for the next one, which is coming up in under a month. Boom. Yes, and follow at JPEG Ninja. JPG N I N J A. I'm I'm like a ninjutsu with JPEGs. Not mean. Word up, Carly. You want people to follow you on Twitter? No. Carly doesn't want none of y'all bitches to follow her on Twitter. So keep uh, your yeah. tweets to yourself. Keep them tweets to yourself. If you want to talk uh, like lewd stuff about Carly and you don't want Todd knowing though, follow JPEG Ninja. <laughs> talk to me about them and I'll pass them on as if they're from me. Sweet. Dude, peace and, this peace is awesome. Love. Yeah, peace and love. Yeah, we'll do this again, alright? I love peace you, Chris. Love. I love you too, Carly, as you know. I know. Tell me tell me when that uh, when that wedding's done and I'll and I'll come. I'm an ordained minister now, so I will uh, I will marry us after you and Todd. That sounds perfect. Sweet. Take her off my hands, dude. Alright, <laughs> peace buddy. Love you. Peace. Nice talking to you. Love you too. Have a good one. Peace. And I love everyone that's listening as well. Thank you for making it this far into our mundane combo. Peace. <laughs> Just hang up.